May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today, we conclude our giving program by exploring the purposeful giving of our treasure. You might recall the last couple of weeks we talked about the giving of our talents. That was the first week. And we talked about how God has entrusted to each of us a particular gift or talent that he calls us to use to glorify Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about the gift of time. That God calls us to use our time responsibly to serve Jesus Christ. That our time is limited that time is much more valuable than money, and that one day we'll have to give an account to God for the way we used our time. So we want to use our time to glorify Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about our financial resources, our money, our finances, because that's a third dimension of purposeful giving. And so today I'm going to conclude our three-week program by exploring the purposeful giving of our treasure. A mother wanted to teach her daughter a moral lesson. She gave the little girl a quarter and dollar for church. Put whichever one you want in the collection plate and keep the other for yourself, she told the little girl. When they came out of church, the mother asked her daughter which amount she'd given. Well, said the little girl, I was going to give the dollar. But just before the collection, the man in the pulpit said that we should all be cheerful givers. I knew I'd be a lot more cheerful if I gave the quarter. So I did. So I did. Now, we can't blame that little girl. After all, she didn't know any better. She didn't know the joy of giving. Unfortunately, like that little girl, many of us lose our joy when it comes to giving to the work of God. It's true. Why do we find it so hard to give? Why don't we find joy in giving? You know, whenever a preacher starts talking about giving, many people turn off their minds and say, oh boy, here we go again about money. Here we go again about money. How many of you ever thought that? I've thought that. (laughs) I've thought that. But wait a minute. Don't be turned off. God's not after your money. God's after your heart. God's not after your money. God's after your heart. Now, let me explain. You know, giving involves more than just filling out a pledge card once a year. Purposeful giving and joyful giving involves the giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure. And it embraces all of our life all the time. So this morning, let's take a look at three reasons we need to remember that can help foster the attitude of purposeful giving. Let me repeat that. This morning, let's take a look at three truths we need to remember that can help foster the attitude of purposeful giving. So let's begin with the first truth. And the first should be the most obvious to us. First of all, giving is our choice. First of all, giving is our choice. You know, God's created us with the unique ability to choose. 
God never has and never will force us to do anything we aren't willing to do. Even the commandments aren't forced upon us. We can either choose to obey them or reject them. Jesus said, though, if you love me, what? Obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. Now, when it comes to giving to God and the work of God, we have a choice to make. We can either choose to give or not give. That's a decision that we must make. Giving is a choice, though, and should be a purposeful and joyful one. It should be a purposeful and joyful one. Paul highlights the importance of giving purposely and cheerfully in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. You remember what he said? He said, let the one who's going to give decide in his heart what he will give. Not unwillingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now think about that. You see, when we give to God with purpose and joy, God is able to make all grace abound toward us. So that in all things, at all times, having all that we need, not all that we want, we will abound in every good work. Now you know, I can testify to this. Every time I've given purposely and joyfully of my talents, my time, and my treasure for the work of God, God's never let me down. God's never let me down. God's always managed to provide for my needs. As the missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, once said, God's work done in God's way never lacks God's provision. God's work done in God's way never lacks God's provision. So, first of all, giving is our choice. Giving is our choice. And that brings us to the second truth. Second, our receiving depends on our giving. Our receiving depends on our giving. Now, we all know the principle of sowing and reaping. How much we receive depends on how much we give. Now, Paul wrote, and we read this this morning... Whoever sows sparingly will also reap what? Sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap what? Generously. And you know, in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 through 25, we read these words. And this is from the message paraphrase. I like the way it puts it. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I just love that. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. You see, God doesn't want us to be tight-fisted when it comes to giving. All that we've ever owned comes from God in the first place. The more we give, the more we receive. We reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. Now, that's a basic spiritual law that applies to the giving of our talents, our time, and our treasure. Now, I want to make a clarification here because I don't want to be misunderstood. And I know that that can easily happen. 
I do not advocate prosperity theology. I know you've had some preachers that have preached that, that if you give money, God will give you money back more in return. I'm not saying that. Not saying it at all. So please don't misunderstand me. The blessings we receive from God won't necessarily be material blessings. They could be. But you know, we will be blessed far beyond our expectations. That blessing may be a joy that comes from giving. It may mean that we, that we grow in our spiritual maturity. But I can guarantee you this. Whatever we give, we'll receive far more than we expected. The more we give, the more we receive. And that brings us to the third and final truth we need to remember to help foster this attitude of purposeful giving. Third and finally, and perhaps most importantly, God's not after our money. God's after our heart. God's not after our money. God's after our heart. Have you ever wondered how much God requires us to give? You know, in the Old Testament, God required people to bring tithes. 10% of all their increase, as I pointed out in the children's sermon this morning. But you know, Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus not only fulfilled the law, he went beyond the law. You ever read the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus wasn't just concerned about our actions as the law was. No, he went beyond that to the intentions of the heart. So Jesus went beyond the law. And you know, Jesus wants us to give him not just 10%. Jesus wants us to give him all of our heart. All of our heart. So let me ask you, are we turning our hearts to God? Are we turning our hearts to God? In Psalm 119, verse 36, the psalmist prays, Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not toward selfish gain. During one of his visits to the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus sat down opposite the offering box and watched the crowd putting money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts of money. A poor widow came very reluctantly and put two very small copper coins into the collection, worth only a fraction of a penny. Now, in order to teach them a lesson, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. She gave far more than the wealthy. Now, how could that be possible? She gave less than a cent. But you know, the truth of the matter is not the quantity, but the willingness to give all that we have for the work of God, even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. You see, God places much greater value on a few dollars given with the right attitude and a joyful heart than for the great philanthropic charity that's done for, for publicity. It's true. It's true. You see, God wants us to give purposefully and joyfully from our hearts. And you know, God is no debtor to anyone. Even if we give a cup of cold water 
to one of God's servants, we certainly won't lose our reward. And Jesus makes that very clear in the Gospels. How much more will we receive when we start giving generously and joyfully for the work of God? I want to close with a true story. 87-year-old Osceola McCarty. 87-year-old Osceola McCarty did one thing all of her life. Laundry. For decades, Miss McCarty earned 50 cents per load doing laundry for the well-to-do families of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, preferring a washboard over an electric washing machine. Every week, she put a little bit away in a savings account. When she finally retired, she asked her banker how much she'd socked away. $250,000 was his reply. She was in shock. She was in shock. I had more than I could use in the bank, she explained. I can't take anything away from here with me, so I thought it best to give it to some child to get an education. So this shy, never-married laundry woman gladly gave $150,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi to help African-American young people attend college. It's more blessed to give than receive, she told reporters. I've tried it. I've tried it. You know, the Bible teaches that God is a giving God. And you know, our God is delighted to give. We too should give with purposeful and joyful hearts. You know, no one can beat the generosity of God. Think about it. No one can beat the generosity of God. You can't outgive God. I guarantee you, you can't outgive God. So, having said all of this, we're not obligated to give, but which of us in our right mind and with a joyful heart wouldn't want to give when all that we are and all that we have has already been given to us by God? Let me repeat that. We're not obligated to give. But which of us in our right mind and with a joyful heart wouldn't want to give when all that we are and all that we have has already been given to us by God? Well, in conclusion, the purposeful giving of our treasure. There's a joy that comes when we place Christ first over our talents, our time, and our treasure. May the Lord help us to grow in the purposeful giving of our treasure. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen.